0: Alrighty, welcome back to the podcast. This is a special episode, episode number oh, yes. 50, coming to you guys with a lot, a lot, a lot of football news and some basketball news as well. We're going to get started with the hottest news off the press, Mr. Thomas Edward hmm. Patrick Brady, unretiring from football, coming back for one last season. Dylan, since you're our resident Tom Brady fan, what was your reaction to this news and how do you think this impacts the you team know, going forward?
1: When I first saw this, it was on uh, Instagram. It wasn't like a notification. I thought it was fake for a second, closed the app, refreshed it. Then the entire feed for like 30 seconds, just Tom Brady, Tom Brady. So I'm like, all right, this guy's coming back for real, for real. I'm very, very excited. You know, it never really hit me that he was like fully retired. I felt I wasn't really going to feel the full effects until uh, I was just watching those NFL Sundays without him. And now that I know that I'm going to just be able to see this man throwing dimes to in those Buccaneer uniform, it's, it's going to be a sight to see. You know, this is a guy I watch every game. I watch every throw. He's not ready to give up the game just yet. And I, I love it because, you know, the man does what he wants to do when he wants to do it because he's the best to ever do it. So I'm very excited to see what Tom Brady has. I think, you know, he's still going to be a very elite quarterback. He's not going to be, you know, he might regress, obviously, a little bit but even that is a very risky statement to stay. Even say Brady's going to regress a little bit, it's very risky. I think he's still going to be great. The Buccaneers are back, and Tom Brady's back, and the the NFL is is in a better place now.
2: All right, I'll I'll go ahead. So a lot of people are saying that this didn't shock them at all, which was not the case for me because, like, I saw the rumors of him returning, but I didn't expect it because I haven't seen anything like it. I don't have this on record. This is probably the shortest retirement of all time. And of course it's Tom Brady of all people who does it because I mean, this guy just does not age and he's got the talk shows just wrapped around his finger. Because if you guys remember when he first retired, talk shows were talking about it for a week straight, if he was actually retiring or not. Mm -hmm. And then he officially announced it Mm -hmm. and then they go on another week talking about it. And then, you know, it's silent for a month. And then now all of a sudden he's back. And of course this week, Right when the NFL free agency is about to start, they're going to start talking about him again. But it's good for him. It's good for the game of football, honestly, because I've been known as a Tom Brady hater, but I didn't want him to retire so suddenly because I wanted a little bit of time to process it and see if I should appreciate his greatness. Or continue hating on him so now he's giving me that chance um i'll come out with a decision later but <laughs> as long as he stays on the bucks which is in the nfc this doesn't really negatively affect me oh, and uh i'm glad i get to see tom Brady continue to play football
0: yeah i mean what you guys both kind of said like as soon as i saw this news i thought this was one of those like fake nfl news like clickbait type stuff um there's another thing we're gonna get to in a bit that i also thought was fake but unfortunately it was very very real <laughs> Um, but Tom Brady coming back to the NFL, it's I, I'm, I'm really glad he's doing it because he's obviously someone with a lot more to give to the game. Um, it's not like he went out. He said he'd retire when he sucked. And I really have not seen that from him um, with another like 40 touchdown season um, and leading the league in pretty much all major passing categories. Um at MVP caliber season, if you ask me. MVP caliber, but didn't win the MVP, unfortunately. (laughs) Just doesn't have the efficiency to win that award like Aaron Rodgers. But uh yeah, Tom Brady coming back. Uh speaking of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is probably pretty depressed that this happened. Um albeit it's only for one season. Uh one kind of interesting pattern that I've heard of is uh Brady has spent the last couple of years kind of losing in the playoffs and then winning the super bowl. And it's been this kind mm. of continuous cycle last year. He lost in the playoffs, obviously. So this is going to be the year he's going to, he's going to fulfill the cycle once again, get that elusive eighth ring. I mean, I could definitely see it happening considering the bucks haven't really lost too many people. Um, but it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, I don't want to make any predictions on whether or not he's going to regress or improve or anything like that. I think he's just going to continue doing Tom Brady things. We're going to see how it goes during the season.
1: Yeah, so that's going to bring us to our next segment, which I think Drew has already made a reference to. Drew Locke has been traded to the Denver. No, I'm just kidding. Russell Wilson got <laughs> traded to the uh, Denver Broncos, and uh, there's a lot of big other small packages. that DLChawks Hawks also released Bobby Wagner. So, Drew, what what is your what is your Thoughts on this? I mean, Russell Wilson's been your guy for many years now.
0: I mean, I just want to start out by saying thank you to Russ for being the guy that got me into Seahawks football, got me into the NFL. Uh, thank you for the great years just as being a Seahawks fan, Bobby as well, for being just like rock solid on defense for the past decade, one of the best linebackers in the league to this day. Uh, this blow sucks because this is going to be kind of a rebuilding process for the Seahawks going forward. Um, I'm going to try to be more positive with this Uh, while I do think like it's incredibly depressing what happened. I think it's at least somewhat good that the front office is fully embracing a rebuild rather than kind of letting this Mm. prolong over a period of time losing or getting close to the playoffs and not really being bad enough to really have like a good draft pick and save up for the future. So I think this is good. Like as far as long-term, I think this is good for us not needing to gut the franchise, like, five years from now like rather we're doing it now it sucks though because russell wilson is probably a friend is definitely a franchise quarterback uh he has been our franchise quarterback um since 2012 so i think that letting him go obviously it, it sucks but i think long term i don't think it's an absolutely horrible move we did get some good value for the future i mean we got drew lock which i was like as soon as i saw drew lock being a seahawk if I see him suited up on the field, I'm not going to be rooting for him. Not, I'm not going to lie. But Noah Fant, honestly, kind of <laughs> unnecessary. Don't know why we need another tight end. We have, like, 50 already. And uh, Shelby Harris, pretty good. And then we got a first-round pick, uh, or two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and then a fifth-round pick. Um, honestly, I thought we got a pretty good amount of stuff for Russ. I don't think, like, we got absolutely scammed. But I think letting Bobby go was absolutely terrible. Uh sucks that we couldn't get something for him. We had to just cut him. This is probably going to be Pete Carroll's last season as a Seahawks head coach. Uh, I can definitely see the writing on the wall for him. Cause I really don't see this team winning a lot of games, if any, at all. Um, I really feel bad for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett here because those are two very talented players now playing with a not very talented quarterback duo in Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Um, I think the Broncos side of things, I think they got a little bit, I think they definitely got better, obviously like, you go from Drew Locke, who's like a pretty atrocious quarterback, to Russell Wilson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, but to be honest, I don't really know why Russ wanted to go to the Broncos. Uh, they don't really have a strong enough team um, that I would see them as being a massive upgrade. I could have seen him going to a team like maybe like the Saints or something. Or, I mean, if Tom Brady wasn't coming back, maybe like the Bucks or something, where he has a very solid offensive line and a defense around him, ready to turn that team like, they're just a quarterback away from being a playoff caliber team. Um, but I guess he went with the Broncos, which is kind of weird. I mean, I thought at least the offensive line, it's a slight upgrade, um, but you're really, you're going from the 25th ranked offensive line in the league to the 19th ranked offensive line in the league. And this is in a division with now uh, insane pass rushers. You like, you got Bosa, you got Khalil Mack. So, I, I mean, I don't really think Russell Wilson is in a much better position than he was on the Seahawks. Um but yeah, I'm I'm glad with what the Seahawks got for the uh, for Russell Wilson. Even though the next two years are going to be pretty pretty rough.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think this was a pretty fair, solid deal. I mean, you knew if Wilson, you know, obviously they're not just going to trade Wilson for no reason. Wilson wanted out of Seattle, and normally when you see a player want out and they're able to get like a third round pick or some other very low caliber type of trade deal, but they got a lot. They got lots of picks and Noah Fant and some other people that I'm forgetting. And, uh, I think Wilson, I think Wilson is not, is kind of going to have to see, I'm kind of a bit up in the air about how he's going to do, because, you know, Mm -hmm. it's tough coming back with the throwing injury on that finger. You know, he never really got back into that rhythm but you'd be fooling yourself if you said the Broncos had better weapons than the Seahawks. I mean, maybe Javante Williams, you know, he could have a breakout year. I know Jad likes him, and Chris Carson, he was a pretty solid back, but that receiving core drop-off is going to be big. You know, Broncos' defense might be a bit better, but they didn't really live up to their expectations last year on the defensive side. And people are forgetting that Drew Locke is now on the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, you guys, I'm seeing people all over Instagram saying, you know, Oh, Seattle, you know, first round picks, you know, I need to go change my mock draft right now. They got they got to take a quarterback. You know, maybe we'll bring in uh, Colin Kaepernick or Cam Newton. You got Drew Locke sitting right there. You oh got to give God. this guy a shot with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Whoa. These are top, top wide receivers. And I'm, I'm going to be watching Seattle. If Drew Locke is named that starter, best believe I'm watching every single throw this guy has on the Seattle Seahawks. Are they winning the division? Are they making the playoffs? No, they're not. But I'm excited to see what Drew does. And I think Wilson, I'm also going to be interested to see what he does in Seattle, if he's kind of going to be able to have, like, that longevity career. Um, I haven't really seen a mobile-ish quarterback have that long of a career. So it's going to be interesting to see if Wilson is going to be able to translate that. All right. So I'm going to talk about this from the Seahawks view
2: first. And I completely understand why they made this trade because, first of all, they got four top 60 picks. Shelby Harris, who's a solid defensive lineman. Noah Fant, who could be a weapon. And Drew Locke, who could be that quarterback that you tank with, you know, because I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback (laughs) this year, but next year. So Locke can be that bridge guy who you just, you know, stay Mm -hmm. with. And all of this and also getting rid of Russell Wilson's contract is a huge win, in my opinion, because – If you take a look at their roster, even with Russell Wilson, it was obvious that these guys weren't going to compete for the Super Bowl anytime soon. And as Drew had mentioned, it's better to just start the rebuild now than to be a fringe playoff team every year, knowing you have no real shot. They had a below-average offensive line, pass rush, secondary, and they really couldn't improve it because Wilson's contract was so big. So this trade made a lot of sense. And I'm sure Wilson behind the scenes wanted out. But credit to him for not going public with it because – then that would have devalued the uh, return that they got for him. Uh, so <clears throat> good job on his part. And um, I think that's also the reason they cut Bobby Wagner. He probably wanted out knowing that they were going to rebuild. It just wasn't built. To, the roster just wasn't built to win anymore. And um, Drew, you may be having to go through your first rebuild as a Seahawk fan, I've been having to go through rebuild for as long as I've been a Raider fan. So good luck with that.
0: I appreciate um, it.
2: And now for the Broncos, I'm going to be a little more positive than you guys were. Uh, I think this was my biggest fear because for the past couple of years, people are saying the Broncos, you know, had stacked rosters and they always predicted them to finish over the Raiders. But the one thing that always lacked was the most important position, and that was the quarterback. And every time someone predicted them to to finish over the Raiders, I would just laugh because I knew that that quarterback was going to hold them back so much. And I think they have a great secondary um, uh, but they had a bottom 10 quarterback each year. They had Joe Flacco in 2019, Drew Lock 2020, and then Teddy Bridgewater 2021. So now you have a no doubt top 10 quarterback. Uh, of course, he did have that finger injury last year, but I think he'll make a full recovery and may- maybe not play as well as he was these past couple of years, but he's still a, West still a great quarterback, obviously. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure on them. Anything less than that conference championship appearance in my opinion is a failure because yeah. i think they have one of the best secondaries in the league and their weapons aren't as great as the duo of tyler and dk metcalf and chris carson but i mean jerry judy could be that guy to have a breakout year mm-hmm. courtland Sutton's always been a solid receiver and um their their new head coach was the packers oc who knew how to use devonta adams and judy is very similar to Devonta Adams, uh, skill, not, sorry, not skill wise, but traits wise. Mm-hmm. So, uh, overall, I think this trade was perfect for both teams. Um, the pressures on the Broncos to actually win in the playoffs and the pressures on mm-hmm. the Seahawks to hit on the draft picks that they got, uh, for Russell Wilson. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's going to carry us into some more franchise quarterback talk. The Cleveland Browns have traded for Amari Cooper Jad, Drew, I'm going to let you guys speak on this one first. What does this mean for the Cowboys? What does this mean for the Browns and Baker Mayfield?
0: Yeah, uh, so you're talking about franchise quarterback. I'm not sure if I would call Baker that franchise guy yet. Um, I think this is honestly a fine move for the Browns. Obviously, you're missing uh, Odo Beckham Jr. last year, and you're really lacking a solid WR1 outside of Jarvis Landry, who I don't really think is WR1 material, and he left anyway. So they really needed someone solid on that in that wide receiver court to help out Baker Mayfield because, um, I mean, Baker's not the most talented quarterback in the world uh, to put it bluntly. But I think an upgrade in receiving court in receiving weapons can kind of help him bounce back from his uh, down season last season, especially coming off of the shoulder injury. Um, I think Cooper (laughs) Cooper's probably going to be playing less snaps now, uh, being more frustrated with Baker on the sideline with his helmet off. Um, I think that the Browns, this kind of this is kind of a good move for them, but I'm still kind of skeptical because they had a very disappointing season last year after they had a breakout season the year prior. And they had a very crazy offseason and everyone expected them to be kind of like dark horse Super Bowl candidates. Um, But I'm not super, super sure this is going to be the move to set them over the edge and make them back into a Super Bowl caliber team. I think they're still immensely talented. They have a really great roster but I do feel like the quarterback is kind of holding them back and their wide receiving core is not the most talented to begin with. Um, So I think it'll be kind of interesting to see how the offense is going to be operating. I don't know what they were really doing uh, with their last, with their last move franchise tagging, David and Joku has got to be the weirdest move I've ever seen out of a team. Um, I David and Joku outside of being a fan uh, uh, Madden 19 beast in real life is kind of a scrub. So (laughs) I, I really don't know why they would want to franchise a guy, franchise tag a guy like that. Who I think he's like their backup tight end too. I'm pretty sure. Um, so kind of mm-hmm. kind of weird move there. But um, the Browns are they have a pretty good roster uh, again on paper, but it's all going to be coming down to chemistry and how Amari Cooper fits into this offense. Now for Dallas, I kind of neglected them here. Um, It seems like they're kind of content with the receiving weapons they have. I think obviously losing your WR1 is kind of a big blow, but they still have C.D. Lamb and then Michael Gallup, who they just signed for a five-year contract. So I think they're kind of comfortable losing Amari Cooper. They're not super upset about it. And I still do think they have a really good wide receiving core without him. Um, But obviously it is kind of a blow to lose a WR1 like that.
2: Okay, so... uh... Before Dylan starts defending Baker Mayfield, I got to go on ahead. Um, Unlike my views on the Wilson trade, I'm going to be pretty negative here. Mm -hmm. I don't see this being a good fit for the Browns whatsoever. You see what Mm. Odell did while he was on the Browns compared to what he did while he was on the Rams. Receivers just seem to go to Cleveland to die. I mean, (laughs) you pair that with Amari Cooper, who gives up the second something goes wrong. I mean, if if he gets unhappy with, uh the Cowboys he doesn't want to win he's with Dak Prescott now you go over to Baker Mayfield is it's not a good fit whatsoever mm-hmm. <sighs> this is Baker's prove it year and if he doesn't perform this year he's probably going to be a backup somewhere else the next year so I do get why the Browns did it because it cost them pretty much nothing uh mm-hmm. I believe it was a fifth for Cooper and a sixth so it's it was really nothing but so it was a low risk high reward and for the Cowboys, it was a salary jump. And as Drew said, you already have CeeDee Lamb, who they believe is you know, capable of being wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Michael Gallup, solid. Cedric Wilson, solid. So <clears throat> I get why they did it. And the news came out that they're either going to release or trade Cooper. So you kind of get why they can only get a fifth-round pick for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the Browns, I just don't see them getting much better from this at all. I don't see them coming, going from a playoff team to a Super Bowl team. Maybe, maybe their goal is just to make the playoffs, so I, I kind of get where they're coming from. But I don't, I don't think Cooper's going to have a great year. And I, I just don't see this helping them at all. So, yeah.
1: All right. So, I'm going to quickly address this from the Cowboys' side. I think the Cowboys are kind of realizing they need to, to get back to that run. First style of offense, they tried to air it out with Dak a bunch last year. Mm-hmm. That didn't really get them anywhere. Uh, they realized they like Tony Pollard. They got Zeke back there. They could kind of go with both of those guys. They like CeeDee Lamb. Blake Jarwin, too, someone who Dak Prescott has some chemistry with. So they will dump off Cooper without really losing too much that they think, considering Amari Cooper only likes to play on home games. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to translate this now to the Cleveland Browns side. I like this effort from the front office, but I'm going to keep it a buck here. I mean, Jarvis Landry was Baker Mayfield's WR1. Is big, Is Jarvis Landry a WR1 on pretty much NFL? any other NFL roster? Maybe besides maybe some other two teams, I don't really think so. And Amari Cooper, is he a better NFL player right now than Jarvis Landry? Yes. But, I mean, Amari Cooper is is someone who gives up easily, like Jad said. Jarvis Landry didn't really do that. Jarvis player build, his style with the short route running type of catches, that, that kind of fits Baker Mayfield style as of right now. And I think it helps make Baker a better quarterback, yes. And I'm excited to see what he can do with him. Because the Browns management, they know that Baker is the most overhated quarterback in sports media right now. They saw him take an 0-16 team, 0-16 team from one year, almost going to the playoffs the next year, despite only starting 13 of the games. They've seen him go throw for throw with Lamar Jackson in 40 point shootouts. They've seen him almost beat Patrick Mahomes at Kansas City in the playoffs. So I think this team has a lot of opportunity. But is Amari Cooper look, it's an upgrade. But if if there's probably there's probably better WR ones out there. But I think I think it's just another step into that Baker Mayfield process. And I'm just excited to see this progress being made in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about quarterbacks, <laughs> franchise quarterbacks for a little bit. Uh, looks like the Washington Commanders now um, have just yep. tried to sign their franchise quarterback or who they hope is going to be their franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. What do you guys have as a reaction to this as we had kind of a similar situation last year with Fitzpatrick
2: so uh, I'm gonna add on to my negativity from the Cooper trade I'm also gonna be very negative about this one the commanders did not get the slightest bit better from this trade and it's pretty obvious that they just struck out on the big name quarterbacks Wilson Watson Rogers so this is what they were stuck with but much like Cooper I don't think Wentz gives them any more of a chance to win games than Taylor Heineke gave them I mean Let's face it, even if they do make the playoffs, I don't think Wentz is going to go four straight games without having one bad performance. He's just not that type of guy. We just saw it with the Colts. They just needed to beat either the Raiders or Jaguars to make the playoffs. The Jaguars, who have the number one overall pick, and the Raiders, who were you know, a disaster until the late year. He couldn't beat either of them. And against the Jaguars, they got blown out. So things ended ugly there. Things ended ugly for him in Philadelphia and the Eagles were very happy that they could trade him for what turned out to be a first round pick. And now the Colts are probably very happy that they actually got some value for him because he plays this terribly. And he also has that huge contract. So the fact that the, that Washington was stupid enough to take on his contract, knowing that he's not going to make them much, well, they probably don't know he's not going to make them much better, but he's not going to make them better at all. It was probably the worst move they could have done. I mean, I would have rather stuck with Heineke than this because at least Heineke, uh, what does he cost? Like $2 million compared to Wentz who costs $33 million. Wentz is injury prone. He'll make good plays here and there. I'm not saying Heineke's better than him, but in terms of winning, I just don't see uh, this improving Washington whatsoever. I still think it's Dallas's division to lose. It, it was just a terrible move.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Jad. I mean, the football team now the commanders was the team Drew and I were very excited about heading into this year. Mm -hmm. You know, I had Antonio Gibson on my fantasy team. I was all in on them and it it didn't go anywhere. It absolutely did not go anywhere. I agree with Jad. I've been, I've been on the Wentz hate train for a while now since he was getting compared to Dak Prescott, his rookie year. (laughs) I've always, I've always given Dak the nod. I've always said Wentz isn't going to be that guy. He's not significantly better than, Taylor Heineke than Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was barely arguably a top 20 quarterback last year and that was with the best running back season that we've seen in a very very long time with one of the best offensive linemen with one of the best defenses and now he's going to the commanders. Sure he's got um, Terry McLaurin he's got another good defense he's got Antonio Gibson it's it's a solid fit but Carson Wentz, I just don't think he's that guy. I think Washington is kind of just trying to make some moves to kind of get into that hype with their new name, try to get some new faces in there. And unfortunately, they're not going to be winning the division. They're not going to be making the playoffs. And this is just going to be another year with them, you know, doing some
0: things, getting some hype, but ultimately just disappointing of all their fans. Yeah, I mean, to kind of – Kind of add on to your point, Dylan, um, I'm not sure how many Washington Commanders fans there are uh, out there in the U.S., but uh, for all you Washington Commanders fans out there, uh, yeah, I just I think that last season was just such a decline in quality from the season prior. Uh, this was a team that really gave the, the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers a run for their money in the playoffs. Um, this was a team that was scrappy and they had a really, really solid defense. I thought it was a top five defense going, coming into last year. And then they just completely imploded with, with barely losing anyone. Obviously, they did lose Chase Young in the season. Uh, but even before that, their defense, I think at one point, was the worst defense in the league. I think they finished um, in the bottom five this year. So it's just a really disappointing season, and it doesn't seem like the team is going to get much better. Um, I thought the last season was going to be Carson Wentz's best chance for redemption. Um, obviously, he'd fallen so far in the Doug Peterson era, it, Um under Doug Peterson uh, on the Eagles. I thought that reuniting with the coach that kind of made him into the MVP caliber quarterback that he was um, on the Colts was going to kind of help him get back, get a step back into the old production that he was putting up, but he just did not look good there either. I mean, the Colts are blown crucial games and most of it came down to good quarterback play, which Wentz was just not providing for them. For the Commanders, um, I think this is kind of a similar move to the Fitzpatrick trade uh, last year. And I think that uh, both you, Jad, and Dylan, you guys were kind of positive on that trade back then. I think it was the only one that was negative. And I'm going to be negative here joining you two this year because really with this Washington Commanders uh, offense, I think that Carson Wentz is just not a very good player for them. I, I just don't think he's going to be propelling them to, like you guys said, he's not going to be winning them to the division. I don't think he's going to get even close to second in the division. They could finish last. Maybe not last because they had the Giants in the division. But I just don't think that this move is really making them much better. They're just kind of wasting money here. Uh, I think Wentz's career is like a top 10 uh, top ten quarterback in the league, top five quarterback in the league, definitely over at this point. Uh, and I think the commanders are going to have just yet another disappointing season. All right, there moving you on. Oh, Jay, you
1: got
2: it. All right, I'll transition. So uh, moving on to another thing that doesn't really make sense. Calvin Ridley <laughs> mm. took time off of football. Just to bet on some football, I mean, I don't know if that was part of his mental health break or whatever, but uh, Dylan, Drew, what, what are your thoughts on this, man? I'm curious to hear.
1: So I'm going to keep it honest. I see both sides here. I see um, people are saying Calvin Ridley got overpunished, you know, violating his constitutional rights, mm-hmm. but I also see people calling Calvin Ridley an idiot, and that's rightfully so. <laughs> I've seen, I saw a montage, montage on the internet. I sent it to JAD. Of multiple times Calvin Ridley has caught footballs this season and he has ran backwards. He has had lanes for touchdowns and done unnecessary cutbacks. So I don't know if Vegas is making calls. I don't know if um Calvin Ridley's trying to get a bag. I don't know what he's doing, but it's certainly not trying to win football games for the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm I'm I would punish Ridley, but I'm honestly I wouldn't punish him for the whole year. That's just way too much. I mean, you saw the memes he bet like four thousand dollars and he lost 11 million like this guy's a professional football player and he made a mistake you know i think he's willing to own up to that and you know maybe his mental health really was that bad he found gambling as a cope you know anything is possible i think it's not really fair for me to say what um he thinks i think he did it was right or wrong you know we all do bad things every now and then But I also want to praise the Atlanta Falcons management. I was very kind of surprised when I saw that they had packages for Ridley done with multiple teams. and They didn't trade them in good faith without even revealing the reason why. I, I, you know, I love that kind of honesty in the, in the wicked world we live in now. And I think it's going to reward the Falcons down the line. So that's, that's, that's my, that's my take on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I kind of agree with you here, Dylan. I I just feel like, uh, getting suspended for an entire season over a hundred over a $1,500 bet on yourself is kind mm-hmm. of a bit extreme. And by a bit extreme, I mean, super extreme. I mean, you look at like some cases the NFL has had, like you got guys like Ray Lewis, Ray, Ray Rice, Greg Hardy getting punished for like four yeah. games max. And then just like coming out and playing the rest of the season versus you got for, for like felony offenses. And then you got guys like Calvin Ridley, who, spent 1500 bucks. And then like, this goes back to like Josh Gordon as well. Josh Gordon smokes marijuana and then he gets out of the league for like six years. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I I just don't understand the NFL's logic when it comes to stuff like this, the kind of double standard they have for some players. Um, But yeah, I think Calvin Ridley definitely overpunished. Obviously should he have been gambling? Probably not. I mean, it's kind of against the rules. But the NFL has kind of got to do this on, like, a case-to-case basis. Like, they can't just hand out these, like, huge punishments just because they messed up on cases in the past. Uh, the punishment has to fit the crime, in my opinion, and suspending someone for the entire season over one bet on themselves is, is just so extreme to me. Uh,
2: so, first of all, this is one of the dumbest things a professional athlete can do. I mean, risking your future for a few thousand dollars when you're already making millions, it's, it's not smart. And, uh, you know, I've seen both sides. I've seen people say the suspension was too harsh. And like Drew said, you know, people like Tyreek Hill, he, Tyreek Hill didn't even get any games for what he did. And mm-hmm. people who actually committed crimes got like four games, six games. But in my opinion, I don't think you can use that to say Ridley shouldn't have get, gotten this bad of a suspension because like two wrongs don't really make a right. And honestly, I'm more on the NFL side than you guys are. Uh, well, actually, first of all, I've seen people say he should be banned for life, which is just ridiculous. I mean, this guy has worked hard his, for 20 years, and just because he bet on Falcons games doesn't mean that he should be banned. But I think my takes, the NFL got it exactly right. I think suspending him a full season, I think it sends an important message to all of these players that betting is not taking lightly. And since this was like the first known offense in the NFL, um, I think they needed to hit hard you just can't have players betting on the outcome of games even if they're not playing like, there's just too many connections that they have mm-hmm. and the NFL isn't rigged they've had accusations of being rigged but the one thing if people if players start betting on their own games that could lead to the NFL being rigged they they decide the outcome and who makes money that's that's a very bad image for the NFL so I, I get why this is spending them a full year maybe it should have been like 12 games 10 games considering they only give, you know, real crimes, like four games, but a full season, I don't really have a problem with it, to be honest with you guys.
1: You know, uh, I just want to jump in real quick. This idea of the NFL, um, you know, like wanting to like set the right image. They don't care about the images, bro. they are promoting <laughs> Tyree Hill as like mm-hmm. the number one, like wide receiver in the NFL. You know, a few months ago, I'm going to In-N-Out. I see a six-year-old wearing a Tyree Hill oh. t-shirt jersey. I best believe he does not know what Tyreek Hill likes to do in his free time, and I just I just don't get it. Like the NFL, you know, certain Drew said it perfectly. Certain crimes, you know, oh we're gonna we're gonna lay down the hammer here, and then other crimes, you know, it just doesn't apply. So I, I just wanted to throw in that little story there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But uh, kind of moving on from more of the uh, moral stuff for the NFL, getting back to some uh, some big offseason moves. Khalil Mack is now headed. <laughs> to the Los Angeles Chargers. What do you guys kind of have as your reactions to this? All
2: right, I'll go first. Uh, This one hurt as a Raiders fan. (laughs) I mean, he hasn't played with us for a few years, but as you guys know, he used to be my favorite player. Uh, He's still one of my favorite players. And to see him to go go to a division rival is, is disgusting. But from an unbiased point of view, I think this was an amazing move for the Chargers. They now easily have the best pass rushing duo in the league. Uh, maybe Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe and beat them out, but Cleo Mac, Joey Bosa, that, that's pretty damn good. And they just had to trade a second and a sixth for it. It is a big cap hit for a 31-year-old player, but they were uh, near the top of the league in cap space so they can afford it. Mm-hmm. And to not even have to give up a first-round pick is huge. And this was a great move um, uh, in response to the Russell Wilson trade to the Broncos. Because, you know, they already have the quarterback of the future who is argue, who I think is better than Russell Wilson. So what Ooh. can you do to combat Russell Wilson? You get the pass rush. He's going to be running for his life, especially because the Broncos O-line is not that good. Um, and, of course, i got to bring my Raiders into this and say that the Bears definitely lost the original Quill Mack trade.
0: Oh, uh,
2: but so did the Raiders. I mean, the, the Bears traded for him to go into win-now mode and proceeded to not win one playoff game (laughs) with Cleo Mack, whereas the Raiders got a good deal for him. They got great compensation, but they used those picks on Josh Jacobs and Damon Arnett. So I think both teams were better off not making that trade, but I think it worked out worse for the Bears, as you see now, because they had to get rid of him, and they did not get nearly as much as they traded him for. I know he's a little older, but he's still a great player. But anyway, it was a great move for the Chargers. And, uh, yeah, you just got to admit the cool Mac era in Chicago field.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I was a bit shocked when I see this. The Chargers, I mean, they know, they know how to get the job done uh, mm-hmm. in terms of getting that stacked roster. I mean, you're looking at this roster on paper. We already know what they represent on the offensive side of the football. They got Mike Williams coming back, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and obviously Keenan Allen. Now they got Derwin James, Bosa, and Mac on defense. I mean, that's a, that's a scary, scary team if you're looking at it. <laughs> I think this division is—it's absolutely insane how much talent's in this division, and I think you know they saw how Herbert kind of started fumbling the bag a little bit, so they decided to get him a little bit of oh we'll get you a Khalil Mack. You know they saw the success the Rams had with Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald, they wanted to replicate that, and I think this is this is a this is a great move for them. I, I just can't tell a lie. Uh, the Bears. You know, second round pick, I guess I could see how that's enticing to them since they know that they are have to rebuild now. So I think it's a, just a great move by the Chargers to just go and get a great guy that's going to make an impact right away.
0: Yeah, I think I um, kind of agree with you guys here. I mean, the Chargers are kind of my breakout team last year, and obviously they narrowly missed the playoffs. Um, but I think this is a great, great, great move for them because they just gave up a second round pick for a really, really solid pass rusher in Khalil Mack. I think he'll pair really nicely. Uh, alongside bosa and i think this is a really big upgrade for their defense which was kind of lacking especially the run defense which is atrocious and during the, the during the season um so i think this is definitely a great move for them and also um just kind of on the issue about Kulil max age because i've seen that get thrown a lot, around a lot uh i think the charges have kind of worked it into his deal so that they can cut him after two years like obviously if he if he's not panning out super well they can cut him after two years and still keep a lot of the money um that, th- that they are originally planning to pay him. So I think this is a, just an A-plus deal for the Chargers. I think this is a great move for them. Uh, obviously, they have some holes, especially in the secondary, that I would like to see them address. But I think that's kind of being greedy because this is a fantastic offseason move in my opinion.
1: I'm going to switch it up a little bit, go to the NBA. Recently, we played the Brooklyn Nets at Philly. Everyone was excited for Ben Simmons to come back. He decided to come back sitting on the bench for the entire game. <laughs> And uh, the Nets wanted a blowout. What was your guys' thoughts on the game and also just Ben Simmons trade in general?
2: Uh, I think the trade was good for both teams, obviously, but I think the Sixers kind of benefited more because I didn't really, I was starting to think getting rid of Ben Simmons was going to be impossible. And they did that and they got James Harden at the same time. So it was a great deal for them. Uh, and I, I could also see what the Nets were thinking as James Harden was essentially checked out and uh they honestly have enough scoring with Kyrie and KD so a player like Ben Simmons could really help them make a run this year if he ever decides to play or next but um when these two teams played you could just see how good the nets could be if Kyrie was actually playing in home games mm-hmm. uh with KD healthy and Kyrie playing I could honestly see the nets making a deep run in the playoffs um, That's that's not all you need. You still need the role players like Seth Curry and Drummond to perform. But I think everyone could see a possibility of this team doing damage this year, even if they are the eighth seed right now, solely based on the fact that they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, The Sixers, they could also get hot at the right time. But if Harden performs like he did in the Nets game in the playoffs, they could be in huge trouble. But obviously, he's used to each other. Uh, they both love drawing fouls and getting to the line. So, you know, they got to find out how to split that up. Um, But yeah, I I can't wait to see how they develop as we get close to the postseason.
0: Drew, what do you think? Yeah. So I kind of think that uh, I think that like Jad, I I don't think this trade is super unfair, but I do think the Sixers gave up a lot for James Harden. Um, I think that the, just talking about the game, I thought the 76ers offense looked pretty atrocious. I mean, I think like both Embiid and Harden had like pretty awful shooting percentages and Embiid in particular had like 19 free throw attempts, um, which got him like a majority of his points. Um, Kyrie looked phenomenal that game. Obviously him and KD, I think they're a better pairing without James Harden. I know it's kind of like a unpopular thing to say when you take like one superstar out. I remember with the Celtics, the Celtics are better without Kyrie um, and the whole, uh, kind of debacle they went on but I really think that the the Brooklyn Nets are better without James Harden just because Harden is someone that needs the ball in his hand uh, a lot to be able to put up uh, or be, to be able to put an impact on the game and between KD Kyrie and James Harden you know one of them's gonna have to be left out I thought it would be probably Kyrie but uh, it turns out like it was gonna be James Harden I think that the 76 offense is a much better fit for Harden um, but Kind of to be a little bit of a downer here. I feel like this is just another Harden saga where he teams up with another superstar, and it looks great initially, and it looks great on paper. They start off really hot, but then they collapse in the playoffs, and the relationship starts deteriorating over time. We've seen it before with Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. Um, I mean, even Brooklyn as well. Um, I think that the uh, I think that the Nets are honestly kind of getting to where they want to be. Obviously, with everyone healthy and playing at the same time. Um, and I do think that they got some solid pieces if Ben Simmons decides to play. Um, but I really like the, in particular, the pickups of Andre Drummond and uh, Seth Curry. I think it really helps him out.
1: Yeah, so I want to address multiple things on this topic. So everyone loves to hate on Harden. I've been a guy that's defended Harden for many years now as a true NBA fan. And I think, you know, oh, Harden's not a good teammate. Harden's going to bring a beat down. Uh, he's going to bring Maxi down, to Bias Harris. Tyrese Maxey has been dropping twenty points pretty much every game, uh, increasing his points per game since Harden's got there. Embiid's still scoring forty points a game. You have not seen two superstar duos that can have a pick and roll game like Harden and Embiid can. You know, you think Kyrie and KD? If you were to put those two in a pick and roll, you're not really taking advantage of their true skill sets. LeBron, Anthony Davis, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson obviously aren't doing that. So I think that is kind of something that the league has not seen in a while. So I just think you need to give Harden some time. I mm-hmm. think Harden has a high basketball IQ. You know, let's not act like the 76ers are failing. You know, they've been doing very well with Harden. Mm-hmm. They just happen to get blown out by the Nets on that one day. Anything can happen in these NBA games. They're very random in the regular season with little effort and kind of game planning going into each regular season game. And then in terms of the trade, um, something that I value, you know, I, a model that I would agree with, the best ability is availability and Ben Simmons is not available to play in NBA games right now for whatever that reason may be. So if you're just taking Ben Simmons out of this equation, you're trading Seth Curry and Drummond for James Harden, I'm taking James Harden. I mean, this guy's a top, you know, let alone some people say top 10, easily top 15, top 20 NBA player. Mm -hmm. And everyone's saying, oh, he quit on the nets, blah, blah, blah. I remember, you know, months ago, people were flaming Kyrie for not getting vaccinated and saying Harden's hate was justified. And now that narrative is being switched. You know, everyone kind of saw on Instagram today, you know, with Kyrie sitting courtside and all that mask uh, mandate vaccine stuff going on. But I think both teams are going to do very well with this trade. And I was glad to see it get done. I think the Nets can make a deep playoff run, like Jad said, if those role players are able to step it up. And I think both teams were able to get um, a lot better with with this trade.
0: Yeah, now kind of for our last official sports segment here. Um, we're going to be going back to the NFL, talking about a guy that me and Jad kind of have a lot of respect for Dylan, maybe not so much, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be returning with the Packers, um, to the surprise of many, including myself for a, on a four year, $200 million deal, Jad, Dylan, what do you guys think about this deal? And what do you think about the Packers future?
2: All right. So I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I did predict this. And if you want to fact check it. You can go to the 1926 mark on our last podcast. I said Rodgers is going to stay with the Packers at least one more year. Mm -hmm. And again, because honestly, that's what made the most sense. There's not a team he could have gone to with a more stacked roster than he has in Green Bay. I've said it countless times. And if he can't win here, I'm sorry. He's not going to win anywhere else, whether it was Denver, New Orleans, uh, replacing uh, replacing Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. It wasn't going to get any better than he has here. You have the consensus best receiver in the league, uh, a decent line when healthy, pretty good defense, besides for maybe uh, the run defense. But yeah, I mean, I think it just would have been too complicated for him to get traded. I'm pretty happy that he's coming back to Green Bay. I want to see him get that second ring. He's been trying for so long, and he always seems to fall short. This year was a little bit more his fault than it has been in previous years. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it it was a little bit of an overpay for a 38 year old, but we did see Tom Brady or we've seen Tom Brady perform even when he's 44 and now he's going to keep going. And uh, honestly, Rogers could do the same thing. So uh, I'm happy they kept him. And just like that, the Packers, they could have easily been in rebuilding mode, but now they're back to being contenders uh, this season and the upcoming seasons.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, he ended up going back, I think, like multiple weeks, multiple months after um, Jad said on the podcast, it kind of was becoming increasingly more obvious. He wasn't going to get moved. He was going to have to go back to the Packers. I um, mean, you know, I was speculating that he could go to the Steelers. Obviously that didn't happen, but I mean, the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. You know, Rogers, he doesn't want to go to a new team where he's going to get compared to Tom Brady's first season with the Buccaneers <laughs> all season long. He needs to go back to having the best wide receiver in the NFL top 10 running game multiple all pro linemen top head coach top 12 top 13 defense and you know like jad, jad said it beautifully i mean it's not always been his fault but it's increasingly becoming more his fault that they're not performing in the playoffs that's a wonderful quote i'm going to be using it multiple times throughout this upcoming season oh boy. and uh am I happy Aaron Rodgers returned? Not really. I don't really care that much. It doesn't really change the shape of the NFL. I mean, it does change the shape of the NFL, but, um, you know, Devontae Adams kind of came back, the franchise tag. If Adams got moved and he was able to not get franchise tag, would we have seen Rodgers go somewhere else? That could have been like a real 50-50 call, in my opinion. But, I mean, we'll just get to see another year of Rodgers, you know, with his... Oh, elite
0: touchdown to interception ratio. That's, that's amazing. And
1: then we'll see him in the playoffs. And then the cycle will just repeat. And, and I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for next season for Aaron Rodgers to finally tie Peyton Manning for the most MVPs in league history. But uh, <laughs> kind of speaking on this deal a little bit, uh, I think this takes Packers fans uh, out of kind of the hospital here, uh, thinking that their entire franchise was going to collapse after having Brett Favre <laughs> and then Aaron Rodgers back to back. Um, two of the best quarterbacks of all time. They got two super Bowls to show for it. Um, but Aaron Rodgers returning, I mean, this is a fantastic move for, or f- this is fantastic news for Packers fan because without this guy and uh, Devonta Adams doesn't come back and then you have to kind of sell your team from the ground up. And considering these guys have so many talented players, um, its it was not going to be super pretty. Um, I do think uh, Aaron Rodgers has a lot more football left in him, so I'm not super uh, – I'm not super angry about the uh, longevity of the deal, but what I am kind of concerned about just from a team perspective is that four years for $200 million makes him the, uh, I think the highest paid NFL quarterback of all time, which is just kind of insane to me because this is going to cost Rogers playoff chances um, in uh, increasingly as they're, as they're going forward, because, now they're not going to have money. They're probably going to have to cut Zadarius Smith, which has, which is, has been a key piece for them. He just came back in the playoffs, um, and he's been a super talented linebacker all year, so I don't really know uh, if they'd want to lose him. I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers here, i got to kind of decide which thing is more important to me, whether it's going to be money um, or it's going to be kind of uh, the success of my team. He apparently, he kind of chose money. Obviously, I can understand that. I'm not a professional athlete, and if you're going to get paid, you're going to get paid. Um, and Aaron Rodgers definitely does deserve a, uh, a good amount of money, um, but this is kind of uh, kind of puts Green Bay in a box as in as far as they could kind of build around, more around Rodgers. Um, obviously, we could see their offensive line still struggling without Dave Bakhtiari. So they really need um, maybe another piece. They obviously they lost Corey Lindsley, who's the best center in the league this year um, or last year. So I do think that this Packers offensive line is a little bit kind of overrated. Like if you actually watch their play, they're Mm. not, they're not that top five offensive line as they've been graded. Um, I I definitely do think they're a top 10 offensive line, but they're nowhere near as close as uh, offensive lines. Like maybe like a uh, a Tampa Bay um, or maybe like, uh, maybe like a Kansas city chiefs if the offensive line is actually playing well, but Um, I do think that uh, yeah as far as Packers playoff chances their playoff chances go right back up with the uh, with Rodgers returning back to the team their Super Bowl chances I think they're roughly the same as they have been for the past three years Um, but I mean really have they gotten much better Um, not really right they just got Aaron Rodgers back but they're not really able to build around him because their contract that huge contract kind of locking them in so I think they definitely will continue to have some playoff success and regular season success. But as far as Rodgers returning to the Super Bowl, it's kind of looking grim.
2: Uh, before we move on, uh, I'm curious uh, as to what you guys think this means for Jordan Love. Because if you remember, mm-hmm. he was a first-round pick. Uh, you know They expected him to come in for Rodgers after a couple of years, but now this is a four-year deal, which means by the time it's over, Love will be in his sixth year. So do you guys gonna be, think he's going to be traded – do you think he's going to ride the bench? Uh, what do you guys think?
1: You know, I, didn't, I haven't really put too much thought into it, but I would think that I could see him possibly be getting traded. Furthermore, um, we don't know if Rodgers is going to fulfill out all four of these years. You know, he likes to go on his little mood swings. He likes to go on his Pat McAfee podcasts and kind of drop some hints about what he's doing. So we really don't know that. I think the Packers front office knows that. So I think Jordan Love is going to stay unless they get an offer that they really like, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think Jordan Love, I mean, I kind of feel bad for this guy at this point. I mean, we've been looking at Jordan Love taking over for the Packers for the past, what, like year or two. Um, And it's for that huge four-year deal. Yeah, it's not looking too bright for him as far as starting for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Hopefully nothing bad happens to Aaron Rodgers that Jordan Love will be actually starting. Um, But to be honest, I think his NFL prospects are kind of slim. I could definitely see the Packers trading, but I don't really know what they get for him considering that he's only played really in like one full NFL game. Um, And the game that he did play in, he was pretty atrocious. Um, I think that I think they'll definitely deal him. I don't think he's going to be riding the bench behind Rodgers for four years. Um, but I, I'm i really, really curious to see what team would actually want to pick him up as, like, an actual actual uh, answer at quarterback.
1: Yeah, so we all know where this brings us now. Last segment, love-hate. Who's going to bring the positivity? Who's going to bring the negativity? Jad, Drew, what are you guys going to be bringing to the table today? So I got to love –
2: and uh, it's that mask mandates are now yep.
0: lifted yep. Yep. <laughs> for Lewin High
2: School for all the schools in SJUSD, I believe. I'm just I'm ready to get back to normal. This gonna be the first time for me without uh, wearing a mask in school since March 11, 2020. So it's pretty much the two year anniversary. Uh, I like what SJUSD is doing. You know, usually they don't make the right decisions, but to give people the decision to wear masks or not, especially because most people in our area are vaccinated and that's what the science has been saying. I'm just I'm excited for a new opportunity to show people my face. Um, you know, of course, if you want to continue wearing your mask, that's fine with me, uh, but I'm, I'm just extremely happy and, you know, I got the giggles right now. So, yeah, that's my love for today, man.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to be bringing a love today And it's March, but that means March Madness for me. We're going to be filling out brackets this week, watching games 24-7. I've said it repeatedly, March Madness is the best sporting event in the United States. It just brings so much energy, so much excitement. There's nothing more unpredictable. It's a very long event. You know, it's not a few hours and it's over. And we're also getting college decisions this month and, you know, possibly into next month too. Some of you have probably already gotten some lots of big moves are made and it's just what a time to be alive as you could say.
0: yeah yeah really positive stuff from you guys but unfortunately i'm going to be going negative mm. i got a hate for you guys today uh this hate actually comes after a uh, recent event happened last night actually and that's i hate <laughs> disruptive movie theater goers man it's just oh. one of my least favorite things <laughs> of all time uh i was uh kind of kind of just to set the scenario for you guys i'm going in I'm watching Batman with my parents, so it's my second time seeing the movie. Absolutely phenomenal movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Um, But I'm watching it for the second time. Uh, There's a group of maybe, I'd say, probably five to seven uh, high school-age kids. I'd say probably, judging from them, probably freshman, sophomore, uh, judging from the behavior. Um, But they were talking pretty much throughout the entire movie. The kid right next to me was on his phone for the entire time literally the entire movie and it's a three hour movie so it was just like really frustrating to be sitting there and then just taken out of the moment by someone's uh apple watch flashing and then like texting them someone on snapchat and the 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 kids next to me they were like yeah this movie's boring this movie's boring and it, it was just flabbergasting to me because it's like you paid 16 bucks to come in there and sit on your phone and you want to call the movie boring and then they're taking pictures for snapchat on their phone they're trying to record the screen at one point you know there was like 20 minutes of the movie left it's really ramping up we're in the final act of the movie i just want to have a nice time the kid on his phone he's probably setting a world record for the most number of minutes he's gone without touching his phone with about like five minutes at a time and then we're kind of at this one of these uh, crucial scenes i'm not going to spoil the movie or anything for you guys who haven't seen it we're at a crucial scene this guy whips out his phone and he starts texting i lean over to him i said man can you just stop with the phone he puts it away. He doesn't even <laughs> apologize like a jerk. I actually hate that guy. I hope someone runs over his toes in the parking lot. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. But, uh, Does he to go to We went High School? I, I, don't, I don't know him. <laughs> uh, I don't know oh him personally. Um, in, in all seriousness, um, I, I, I don't wish any harm on the guy. But... <laughs> I just kind of hate disruptive movie theater goes, man, because especially if you uh, if you're going in, you're watching it for the first time. If I if I was watching it for the first time, I would have spoke up and said something within like the first like 15 minutes of the movie. If this guy keeps checking his phone, nip it right in the bud. Since it was my second time, I was a little bit more lenient. I was like, maybe this kid will figure it out. Maybe I'll have the common courtesy. Obviously, this kid didn't. Uh, and he kept using his phone over and over and over again. I had to say something. I never really do stuff like that. So it was a little bit uh, nerve wracking for me. But I felt good that I did it because that kid absolutely deserved it. So moral of the story for all you Triad Talks listeners, next time you go to the movie theater, please refrain from pulling out your phone because people around you are definitely disturbed by it.
1: Yeah. So that's going to be wrapping up for, Um next week uh, on that. Actually yesterday, next week would be our two year um, podcast anniversary. Yep. Uh, you know, possible nfl free agency 3.0 episode (laughs) might um post some rankings uh maybe i'll I'll drop some march madness type of action you know lots lots of great things over here lots of plausible content and you know thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time See see you